Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Sacred Remembering Podcast. It's so good to be here with you. I'm Sarah Poet. Ah, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I'm going to keep this introduction short and sweet today because this is such a potent transmission from Chris Bale coming to you today. Um, Also, I just got a new puppy and that puppy could bark at any moment. And so I am keeping the talking short today. Um, I do want to let you know that my new program offering fall in love with the king, which is a transformative process for women. It's going to be a group alchemical container for women. I love the deep soul dive in the women's group. And we are going to be transforming our wounded associations with masculine, inner, outer, relational, even the sacred. Um, We are going to be transforming them into a love relationship, into a conscious relationship, one that lifts the feminine and masculine dynamic on the planet. And it happens through each of us that are endeavoring in this work. So fall in love with the king is available. You can go to sarahpoet.com and in the announcement bar, there is a link that will take you to another webpage um, all about that. And we begin early July in this six month container. So please check that out and let me know. Um, you know, as soon as possible, if you want to join that container. I'm going to read Chris's bio, and then we are going to get started. Chris Bale is an internationally known spiritual mentor and a master energy worker. He is an igniter of that which is real and an illuminator of that which has been forgotten. Chris is a reminder. Chris supports and activates deep transformations in the lives of others and has been doing so for the last decade. Chris has worked with thousands of individuals from all over the planet and from many walks of life, exploring our shared human experience. Chris has an extensive education in many different modalities of energy practices, including traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, medical qigong, reiki, pranic healing, and sexual alchemy. Over the years, Chris has gathered an extensive amount of experiential understanding on the masculine and feminine energies and shares his knowledge in his own unique voice to assist and guide others into deep consciousness and embodiment. 
offering potent mentoring for men and transformative energy work sessions for women, which you're going to hear about in this episode. Chris holds an extremely potent and transformative energetic frequency, which can be felt in his presence and through his voice in this episode, I'll say that. Um, And this is the core of his transmission work. A compassionate patience accompanied by an unwavering deliverance of consciousness and truth in its rawest and most penetrating forms. Chris gets right to the core of the collective trauma and the conditions which has which have taken up residence in each one of us. You can learn more at awakenedintent.com. Chris also has a lot of videos on YouTube where you can gain um, more uh, access to his work. And I highly, highly recommend it and definitely listen to this episode the whole way through. There is a lot of medicine and energetic transmission right here inside of this. So thank you, Chris, for being here. Thank you, listeners, for being here here and let's tune in. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for for having me. It is so wonderful to have you here. Such a pleasure. I really, really admire your work and I'm looking forward to this conversation today. And I know that so many people will benefit uh, from this conversation and the wisdom that you carry. So very grateful. Beautiful. I hope so. And thank you. I'm also very grateful for just being invited on as a guest. It's a pleasure to be able to reach and to, to you know, make contact with more people. Yeah. Isn't it so nice to have just real and genuine conversations these days? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so nice. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm doing a lot of uh, like energetic boundarying um, and really being uh, in my in my own space and really going deep into my own space. So these kinds of conversations are the only ones I want to have. <laughs> yes, they're the only ones of value most of the time. Absolutely, absolutely. So I would love um, if you would begin to introduce yourself a bit and um, tell tell us a little bit about your story. You know, there's always the question of like, what do you do in the world, Chris? But on this podcast, I really love to hear stories about how people arrive at the at the current moment and the current offerings. Mm-hmm. Sure. So my process, I. I always say that I take very little responsibility for actually being in the place that I'm in right now. Um, as a child, I was very, very sensitive. So just as time went on, I naturally was getting more and uh, more drawn to the energetic arts uh, because I had this thing of feeling so much all the time as a child mm-hmm. and also into my early teenage years and, and my early 20s that it started to feel the opposite of empowering, right? Mm. It, it started to actually knock me over quite a lot. So it led me to kind of look inside a lot and spend so many years trying to figure out, you know, what does it mean to be here as a man, uh, which was essentially my first kind of entryway into this work. Uh, my background is in Chinese medicine. I'm an acupuncturist. Uh, also, I've done Qigong since the age of 16. So I had different types of saturations in, let's say, the energy world, for use of a better term. 
And the deeper one I went in, the deeper I was trying to assist and help people, the more I started to see how the main dysfunctions that were coming up for people was the lack of ability from a societal standpoint of actually being able to stay in the body and to feel our own life force, our own feelings, our own orgasmicness. That's another word you could use. So the deeper I went in, the more I started to work with men, kind of first and foremost, because I was a man, (laughs) still am a man. Um, So that was my entryway into this work. And then at a certain point, um, the deeper I started to do my work, the more women started to reach out um, for sessions, for conversations, and uh, through engaging with women more and seeing the impact that the polarizing energy actually has in terms of a healing space for men and the opposite for women. Uh, I realized that I had to go a lot deeper into this type of work and really figure out what's necessary for us to be open, at ease, relaxed, expressive, alive, and, and just really in our, in our potency as men and women. Beautiful. So you were trained as an acupuncturist, and then you were asking yourself these questions about intimacy and depth and being a man. And then you started to, to like coach men. I mean, you took it beyond the acupuncture and, and we're talking Mm -hmm. to the men about some of the same things. Yes. So it initially started with men, just assisting him in getting clear in what it means to, to be here as a conscious man as an effective man, as an impactful man, as a man who's not kind of fumbling around in that dysfunctional female energy that so many men are raised under. Because that's how the society actually supports us. And this is where so much of the abuse patterns come from in men, Mm. is that we take the little boy's sword. We take his power by telling him he's dangerous. But as a man, you know, I, I... realized quite quickly that we're supposed to be dangerous, but we're supposed to utilize our impactfulness and our protection capabilities for the betterment of community, women, and children. I love that so much. So was that your experience as a young boy? You were you were sensitive energetically, and then there were these societal messages that you were supposed to be a certain way or something. So this search was definitely something um, within you, would you say? I feel like I had no choice Mm -hmm. because I had been forced into such deep compromise as Mm -hmm. a man, as a young man, that I became very ill. You know, I was just constantly sick. My immune system was really not functioning properly. I was always with sore throats and just feeling unwell and in anxiety all of the time because it's a society that told me I needed to be a certain way mm-hmm. in order to be successful, in order to be accepted. And a lot of that behavior transforms into manipulation just to get our needs met. Hmm. Wow. So it it was breaking all that down. And essentially, my process was exposing all the lies in me, exposing the conditionings in myself, um, and essentially just all the ways that I was 
full of shit, essentially. The ways that I could not be trusted, not with myself, but not with anyone else either. So the more I started to clarify that energy, the stronger I started to get. Mm-hmm. The more I could see actively around me of what was going on, the more powerful my energy work started to get. Uh, and what first started to happen that led me to work with women was I would start noticing responses in her as I was doing acupuncture. So it was totally unrelated to the acupuncture. And it was totally related to the level of presence that was now being brought into the room. And I started to apply that deeper. I wanted to understand it more. And I just went very deeply into that. And I realized that men and women function very differently in a time where society expects us to be the same and sells us the assumption that we're the same. It's just very, very dangerous. It's very destructive. Mm. I would love to hear you talk more about what you noticed about the women in the room in relation to presence. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that I started to notice was the rising up of really deeply knit trauma Mm -hmm. in the body, Uh, deep layers of, of feeling unsafe around the masculine would feel safe and secure enough to actually come up and to be expressed. Um, essentially, consciousness is to see. And what I realized for a woman to really be alive in herself, that she desperately longs to be seen. So all that was really happening was via my presence, I was having a deeper ability to see her, which then led to greater trust, Uh, greater ease. And then the other thing that I noticed was energy would start moving in the body very, very quickly. She'd start to feel things um, that she may have not felt before in her engagements or relationships with other men who may not have been present with her. And that could just be bodily movements. That could be internal processes that start to open up in her. But a lot of it at the beginning was just oceans of emotion that would start to come to the surface. And that used to, to transform, you know, once the emotion gets to a certain level of expression and that pain is being expressed, then what I started to see was the next step is bliss. Mm. Because now she's open to herself. None of this is about surrendering to a man, which is a lot of what I see in, in spiritual and, and tantric teachings. And I, I, I have no uh, agreement with that. The woman is there to surrender herself bit by bit, deeper and deeper and deeper. The man just happens to be there. Mm. Actually pulled a quote from your social media that I really found to be really profound, but it applies to this. If I'll just read this and then you can expand on it. Sure. For a woman, it is within the deepest recesses of her surrender where she merges with existence, receiving a cosmic washing from head to toe, purging the collective trauma, discharging static arc pollution and recharging her being a divine plug-in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. 
I loved that. <laughs> You'd like me to elaborate? I would. I think that I mean this topic <clears throat> of women being able to meet themselves where their energy naturally starts to move and where their trauma starts to um, unfold, you know, or their, the, the contraction of their trauma begins to open. Um, I would love to hear you speak more to that and to this topic of surrender and surrendering to herself. Sure. So maybe I can share my experience um, of how I came to understand that because it definitely wasn't just me uh, in my own head or in a book. So as I was working with women, I was attempting to work with her in the same way that I was working with a man's energy. And what I realized through that process was uh, so many of the books that are written the energetic books, the yogic practice books, state that the kundalini uh, rises at the base of the spine like a serpent. That's the image that they use. And it comes up through the body and, and animates the body and opens the body. So when I was working with men, I would see this coming through, his very cathartic response uh, to this energy and him opening. Then I was working with women and I was attempting to work with her in the same way that a man was set up, which initially is all that we've been taught. Uh, and what I came to realize is that first and foremost, a woman who is not feeling is a woman who doesn't know herself. The quickest way that we can disconnect a woman from her aliveness, from her restorative quality, is to tell her that feeling is weak. That feeling her tears, feeling her emotions, feeling her body, to be any way in her sensuality or her expression is weird or it's crazy or it's bad. Which is the message that we receive. Which, yeah. Exactly, which, which is the message that women are given. So it's really, really imperative for a woman to understand just how powerful and important and vital her sound is. And her willingness to feel whatever she happens to be feeling without performance, without trying to change it, without doing something to it, to make it prettier or more receivable. And staying so present with that feeling in her body that she now gives it a voice, she gives it a sound, she gives it an expression. Because every layer that she touches upon, that brings her to the deeper layer of surrender underneath it. And in my experience, a woman can continue surrendering more and more and more and more to everything that comes up. She can surrender to her pain. She can surrender to her pleasure. She can surrender to her own heartbeat. She can surrender to her longing, to her lack of. But a woman who is not feeling and expressing is going to wither away so quickly. And then what happens? Because she's thought, to leave her body, to leave her vivaciousness and her sensuality, now she starts to get locked in her head, in her mind. And now she becomes neurotic. Mm. Now she becomes self-suicidal. 
Now she's taught all the ways that she's not good enough. She moves into a state of self-hatred. And then she starts to see what unconscious men are requesting from her and trying to figure out how can I be the image of that? How can I fulfill that so I'm loved? So I also get love. So I'm also included. This is how we are raping and pillaging our women. Mm. We're doing it in such a sneaky way. And the reason all of this is happening is because one of the most powerful and terrifying forces on this planet is a fully embodied woman (laughs) who owns her heart and who owns her sex. And nobody in this life can tell her what she can and cannot do with it. That is a woman who is transformative, who is of truth, who is wise. But the problem is, and the difficulty in this is because we're in such a distracted society and the men are so confused, the men, he doesn't even know who he is. He doesn't even know what he wants or what he's supposed to want. He just does what he's told and attempts to get his needs met. And because of this, she does not feel safe to be expressed because she's not being seen. She's been projected onto. And not herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate the way you're explaining these things. Um, there's something in there that I want to pull out maybe the 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 conformity in the women that you're speaking to that I think I know and every woman knows and um and you know we look sideways we look to the men you're you're saying it in in a way that um I just, I, I love it. I talk about these things in terms of energetics and like where we orient and how we are in our energy fields. And, and, but you're pointing to something so important that our habituation is to look beside us, to, to look to the men and say, is this what you want me to be? <laughs> Am mm-hmm. I enough yet? Am I lovable yet? You know? And, um, and we really are collectively di- diminished in that way. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's also happening from, from the other side. Yeah, let's talk about that. Whereas the men are wanting to be the coolest, most successful, strongest representations of what it means to be a man. But because the young boy doesn't have any intelligence healthy male role models or elders to take guidance from, now he learns from the destruction machine, which is only there to keep everyone disempowered so that we can be sold stuff, Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I've been talking a lot about the consumer programs. The listeners have been hearing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you should be, uh-huh. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just deeply insidious on mm-hmm. on both sides, but... The, the fact is that, you know, this universe functions by specific laws. Nature functions by specific laws. And how that fits into this whole dynamic is for women to be embodied 
and to really truly be able to be in their experience of free womanhood, open womanhood, expressive womanhood, the men, there needs to be a certain amount of men first who are willing to hold space and presence for that. Because she has been killed in the past for her opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for me to sit here as a man and say, oh, women, you just need to express yourself more. Mm-hmm. But literally in your DNA, you know, biologically, there are memories and trauma around women being expressive and being free. And a lot of it is violence. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking at the men uh, on the planet right now to, to get very loud in terms of what he's here to support. And if he's quiet, you know, move on, let him figure it out. And he'll come to the party once he learns how to speak up for himself. But we need different things. And until women are being truly invited or until women are making these spaces for themselves, which is a lot of what's happening right now, uh, this work can be very, very challenging. And it's the same for men. Now we can call men to be conscious and to see what he needs to see and to express truth in whatever way it needs to be expressed. But if he's not strong enough in himself, he's going to be attacked for that. You know, that's not going to be a comfortable place for him. Right now on the planet, being a man of truth is not a comfortable place. Right. Because everyone wants to make everyone androgynous. And there's so much insanity and madness on the planet right now that I'm really, again, looking at men to say no, because we're here to protect the consciousness Mm. via our consciousness. And through that, then women can come in and create something so much more beautiful and transformative. But if that container and that space uh, has not been pristinely cultivated, then it's just going to continue to perpetuate itself. And that's what we're seeing all the time. I love that you are speaking to a community of people being present and conscious and aware and embodied with one another. And I'm wondering what kind of conversation maybe you have with yourself or, or with others about this polarity dance within and, you know, the masculine and the feminine within and can these things in your opinion and your experience be realized Mm -hmm. on one's individual walk? Must they be realized on the individual walk? For the men, there must be an ample amount of solitude and singularity so that he can first differentiate between himself and the insanity. As men, we do that. 
by coming to terms with our own mortality, by realizing that nobody is here to hold our hand, nobody can hold us, people will hold us and they can hold us, but essentially the man has to find his own sense of deep reliance and his own connection to his creator, whatever that happens to be for him. For me on my process, um, I've done 95% of it alone. I've never been to a retreat or, or a group thing in, in my life. And I've done that very purposefully because I was so confused and up for grabs when I was starting my process that I would peek into these containers and these rooms of people. And all I would see was people sharing trauma and just passing around a lack of certainty. Mm in the guise of creating a community of certainty. So I moved away from that. And for me, my teacher has been silence. My teacher has been solitude. My teacher has been spending enough time in just my own energy that I could tell the difference between, again, where, where I began and where everything else began. So once I had a steady hold of myself, then I could go outwards and start directly engaging with, you know, either um, community work or relationship work, um, being around other people, going into intimacy with other people, then I was fresh to be able to do that. Because that was the next test. Will this push me to compromise? Will another person's conditioning push me to compromise? And I've been very, very relentless on my process. And that's just the way that I do things. I can be quite extreme in that way. Now, for women, I don't feel like, and I have not experienced it being the same for women. I feel, and what I've experienced is that until a woman is being seen, that she's going to find it very, very difficult to come back to her heart. Because essentially, energetically speaking, the positive pole of the woman, yeah, her, her God center, goddess center, whatever you want to call it, is the breast, the nipples, the chest, the heart. This is the most transformative place in her being. The other aspect of her is that she's set up to receive. That's what's so powerful about women is a woman will walk into the room and she'll pull the room up inside of her so she can digest it, so she can feel what's actually going on. Whereas a man, we'll go in and we'll just look at the curtains. We look at the ceiling, we'll look at the floor, and we can tell you the details of that. The woman will give you the essence of a space. So what I feel women really, really need, community I feel is far more important to women. Um, I feel sisterhood is so deeply important for women and also um, to allow her, herself to be around or experience being with a man or men, whatever works for her, in a way where it doesn't have to be compatible on every level, but at least she's getting to feel presence. So she gets to feel herself being a little bit more alive in her body. That's just the nature of polarity. So the expression for her 
It's feeling what's coming up for her in the immediacy of the moment, refusing to perform, refusing to try to be something or anything that she's not, and respecting and loving and adoring herself enough that she's allowing herself to express what's real for her while she's being witnessed in that process. Because women have really only experienced men in the most part witnessing her so he can get something from her. But it's a false witness. Right. So and does that require him to realize that? To realize what? Um, if she is showing up and allowing herself to show up authentically and mm-hmm. to really receive the presence, um, does he need to understand how to hold that space? You know, because otherwise yes. she's experimenting with something that may still be a lot of the mm-hmm. same energy. Well, this is our work as men. As it stretches out, our work is moving into presence and then learning to stay present when all of our fears come up around being overwhelmed by the feminine. Because that is a huge fear for men, being overwhelmed by that huge, uncontrollable female energy, feminine energy, when it comes up to the surface. So this will be a beautiful uh, lesson and a learning and a practice for him to see, okay, how can I not try to do anything to it or fix it, understand that this is looked after by something so much bigger than us? And how can I just be here, feel myself, feel her, and just allow her to go through her own experience, knowing that I'm here with her, loving her, showing confidence and supporting her in that process? Beautiful. And so what prevents so many men from being able to do that? Well, it forces him to feel, Mm. which is, you know, why men are uh, classically so uncomfortable when a woman starts to show her tears or when a woman starts to express her free-flowing emotion. He says, you know, you're, you're being too much. The biggest thing I hear from women is their fear of being too much because men have consistently just not had any idea of how to be with it. And rather than sitting back into his beautiful, powerful maleness and delivering his presence and his space and just letting her flow and dance through it, he's like, Oh fuck, it's something else for me to fix. What's the problem? He, he just starts to see all of her expressions as a problem and he takes it personally. Yeah, and then there's an ele- element oftentimes of performance, like, I, oh, shoot, well, how do I fix this? How do I fix, how do I do this thing, uh, mm. you know, in front of me? How do I fix the feminine? <laughs> and that's just <laughs> definitely not what... There's nothing to fix. Right. There's just everything to allow. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you the, make the it sound so role. easy. <laughs> Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's it's a life's work for for all of us. Um, mm. But I was going to say that the man's uh, the man's result is bringing nothing, and the woman's result is expressing everything. 
when you say result, you're saying like that's the key. That's the most supportive stance of polarity to be taken. That's what's going to be most nourishing to both sides when they come together. It's going to be what's most supercharged, mm. essentially. Mm. Yeah, I can feel that in my feminine system. Being able to bring absolutely everything um, is... I was just, I was writing memoir today and I was actually writing a chapter about a time where I was able to do that. Um, and then it was like a, a marker on my road, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I want this, I want this all the time. Um, but then because of life, you know, I turned it way down. Um, but it, so, so then I can also just um, name that that's also terrifying, but that's where we started this conversation with you saying that that a woman coming into that um, and out of the confines of what society would sort of tell her to be um, is mm. the walk. That's it. That's that's the dying too. Yeah. Because she's got to die to herself over and over and over again. The first thing that I notice every time a woman comes to me for energy work and and the body work that I do is as soon as that energy that is essentially her starts to raise up to the surface, because she's been controlled around it, because she's been instructed to never be in that, to never allow it, the first thing that happens is absolute fear of oh my God, what is this? Oh my God, I'm going to lose control. Oh my God, this is too much. And then there's a clenching. There's a holding of the breath. And she attempts to lock herself out of her body, out of her experience. But in that moment, she has the decision and the choice of whether or not she is actually ready and willing to die to her own essence. Mm-hmm which essentially is the feminine, not only in women, but also in men, because men will go through that experience specifically in his own uh, experience with orgasmic energy, with his own experience around uh, really showing up in a way that is allowing her to open very, very deeply, which means there's so much energy coming into the room and the man is that fear of being pulled over the edge into ejaculation. But as men in our practice, we experience that dying to moment when he finally figures out how to get to the point of ejaculation, to totally relax his entire body into it, to go over the edge, but he doesn't ejaculate. Mm. But now he experiences a level of energetic circulation that he's never experienced in his life and this essentially is a dying to. It's mm. a choice. We have a choice in that moment. Do we get in the way or do we trust life is here to hold us? Mm. And this is the pattern with, with women. Because it can start with her just laying down and being with herself on her own and starting to be very uh, loving and worshipping her body. And she can just surrender to all the little sensations she feels as she starts to move her fingertips over her body. And with every little surrender, she drops deeper. 
the next layer she gets to surrender. She drops deeper, she drops deeper, she drops deeper until it takes on a life of its own. And now she's being done by life. She's being penetrated by life. And this is why women are so fucking fatigued at the moment. Hmm. Because she rarely gets the opportunity to come back down into her restorative quality and to be smashed open. Hmm. So you're saying she dies to herself and he dies to God. I'm using that's pronouns. One way. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 one way to put it. I mean, it's all God essentially. Right. Yeah. But they're definitely different frequencies because a man can can move into to intimacy in alignment with his male experience, whereas most men right now are actually trying to have a female experience during sex, which is why women go so undernourished. Um, but if he really goes in in his male experience, then he will come so close uh, to his own internal godliness in that process. And she doesn't really want to be penetrated by the man. She wants to be penetrated by God. By God, yeah. He wants to be it. She wants to feel it. So for me, the way I look at sex or, or intimacy is it's two people in a room being loving with one another, waiting for God to enter the room. <laughs> Just waiting. Mm. And we get so busy. <laughs> that we we totally miss ourselves in the process. And so much of so much of coming back into that embodiment is just through really sweetly waiting with yourself, expecting nothing but waiting for everything. Beautiful. Mm, I love this. So you have um, some work that you've been doing. So you, you de- did you develop this modality called the bliss activation with women? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's many different forms of, of energy work present and many different forms of breath work and, and ways to really feel into the body and, and release trauma. How I approach this work um Essentially, it kind of found me rather than me trying to figure out how to do it, because fundamentally, it's not a technique-based system. Uh, For that reason, it's nothing that I can actually teach to somebody else, Uh, because really what's happening during the session is the woman is responding to the energy that I'm bringing into the space. So when you see all of the movements and the releases and the orgasmicness and the opening and all of that is, is there's a reflection going on. Um, that's why it can be done over great distance uh, with, you know, very similar effects and also in person. But really, more than anything, I'm just being there lovingly with her and being deeply present with her. Um, the body just takes on its own uh, its own way of being. It knows what to do always. But my role in that process is I'm just getting out of the way, essentially. I'm allowing the energy that I've spent my life working with to have full access to me 
so it can have full access to the person in front of me. Mm. So you're moving that energy through you and that's activating her. I'm creating a certain frequency inside of myself. And that frequency is then penetrating her on a physical, cellular, uh, frequency-based level. And then it starts to vibrate everything. Because ultimately, everything is like a tuning fork. Yeah. So when you have two different frequencies of energy, whatever is the higher frequency, the anything below that is almost uh, <laughs> lovingly forced to start vibrating at the same level. So there's that tuning fork thing that starts to happen. So I'm just bringing up my frequency very, very, very big in those moments and letting it kind of wash and penetrate the person. And then their body starts to, to vibrate in that way. And that vibration is just to make space in the body. The vibration is just everywhere that there's unprocessed trauma, whether it's tightness in the tissues or the physicality. And it's, it's just letting go. It's like water, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it gets difficult. It gets tricky <laughs> to communicate this work because there's a lot that, you know, if I was to share about what I'm actually doing, goes borderline woo-woo for people who are not open to hearing some of those things. So uh, this is the version of my, my, uh, my expression of it. That's the furthest I feel I can go with it. Uh Um, But if I was to say there's a bunch of other women in the room with me energetically that helped me in this, you know, that may not be so well received. (laughs) But it's Mm. definitely not me having that effect that you're seeing. Mm. It's not me. I would never take credit for that in a million years. (laughs) Yeah, you're in service in that moment. Yeah. I'm just working for her. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm, Beautiful. Um, I can kind of get a little lost in what you're saying, not lost. Like I'm right here with you. I could just listen to you all day. <laughs> so it's I don't know. Polarity. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> yes. And this is important also for men to realize, um, because that is, you know, one of the really nourishing qualities that men can share and gift to women is his ability to show up with a specific frequency that allows her to just kind of go to goo inside. Yeah. That helps her along in her process of really feeling herself. Well, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that. And I had a question written down about, um, you know, men playing it safe. Like, Mm. We we have men in an energy of trying to be nice guys or, yes. you know, or women trying to figure out like, well, what do I need him to be? And so she's overly, you know, masculine in the orientation of trying to like run things and rule things. And so, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about correcting that dynamic a little bit. I, I threw in the women there, but I started <laughs> to ask the question about um, like men playing it safe. Mm. And, um, yeah, what would you say to that? It's mommy issues. Yeah. It's all mother stuff. Uh, We've been so coddled, uh, so pampered, even in situations where we were abused and programmed in ways that weren't effective. 
But anytime that a man is not comfortable and not okay with speaking directly who he is, what he is, what he's here to do, as long as he's not okay to be in his firmness in that energy and to be direct in his communication, that's that's all got to do around his relationship with his mother. Because as, as men and as little boys, our first relationship with the feminine is with our mothers. So we understand quite early on that we need to act according to her rules and her regulations if we want to receive love. And we really want love. And then we're told, if you do this, you're a good boy. If you, if you do that, you're a bad boy. If you don't do what I say, you're bad. And you'll be punished. And you'll be sent to your room. Even if a part of that is his natural expression. So now he has to go inside and start to, to make sense out of, okay, what parts of myself are okay and can allow me to get love, to receive love, to experience love? And what parts of me are not okay? That essentially I just have to hide, even though they're there, even though they are loud as fuck. So men choke down on themselves. He just swallows it down and he keeps pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down until he gets so conditioned and so used to policing or to being policed that now he starts to police himself and no one needs to follow him anymore. Mm. He keeps himself in line with the status quo, which essentially makes him useless to anything of higher order. So the nice guy and playing it nice and not really being clear and not feeling like he can communicate what he needs to communicate, that is all stuff that he needs to go in and he needs to see how all of these actions are coming from his relationship with his mother who is maybe still here or no longer here physically. Because the first part of correcting this is seeing this. Because until he sees it, he's being controlled by it. Mm -hmm. And the second part of this is the way that women, what I'm going to call princess pose, Mm. which is the manipulative behavior that is instilled in our little girls, the emotional entitlement um, that she'll use against him essentially as as life goes on and as she relates with men. Women know how to wrap someone around their finger. You're all totally beautiful at it because that is one of the skill sets and the nuances of the feminine. Now, she only uses that destructively if she's not happy, if she's not being met, if she's not being seen, if she's not being loved, or she doesn't feel loved towards herself. Mm-hmm. And any time a man and a woman get into an argument that involves manipulative gameplay, I can promise you that she will win every time. (laughs) Mm. Because there's just so much more nuance and, and social intelligence around this. But what keeps the man playing it safe and watching his mouth and trying to behave so he's like, oh, if I if I don't say this and I pretend I was somewhere else, maybe I'll get some sex. Mm. The reason is because she's in that princess pose 
And she's essentially asking him for things that are childish. She's projecting all of her wounding onto him and what she's been told by a dysfunctional society that she needs to see in order to, to uh, see herself as being loved, loved enough or beautiful enough or powerful enough as a woman. So she looks for that madness in him. And then she hears the narrative of women who are angry at men. And rightly so. Men, we've, we've done some atrocious stuff over history. But the anger that's coming through right now is being disguised as feminism or wanting to better the planet when it's really just pushing women more into their dysfunctional masculine. Mm-hmm. But someone's got to go first. Whether it's the man or the woman, someone's got to bring love first. Mm. It's the only thing that will transform the situation that we're in. And as women, if ever you feel a man not being authentic with you, or you see and feel all the ways that he's in his little boy right now trying to get his needs met, call him on it. It's okay to call him on it, but don't call him on it to criticize him or bully him or emasculate him. Because women say they want a strong man, but then treat him like a slave. If you want a beautifully powerful man here for you, you need to speak to him beautiful and powerful things. Because he looks to you for his reflection. But you can't beat him up and simultaneously want him to be a king. You can share your experience. You can share... My love, when you spoke to me like that, or when you're in this behavior, it's just not empowering and it makes me close to you and it doesn't make me honor you or feel reverent or attracted towards you. And I really would adore for you to go and figure out how to be strong. I would adore for you to figure out how to hold me in presence. I would love for you to go and figure that out. But stop telling the man how to be a man. Because she has no idea. And that pushes him back into the posture and the dynamic that he had with his mother. Of telling him how to be a man. So just to clarify, it's really crucial that a woman allows herself to express everything she's experiencing with him, not holding back but doing it from a place of heart, even if there's anger, even if there's frustration, even if there's tears, if there's screaming, do it, but put your hand on your heart, on your breasts, on your chest when you're in this communication. So it keeps you grounded in your most transformative pole because he will be able to receive that. What he will not be able to receive is your critique Beautiful. So for whatever that's whatever that's oh, worth. It's worth so much. It's worth so much. The the staying in her heart and uh, what it, what you said that really stood out to me was saying, I need you to go figure this out, or please yes. go figure this out. Yes. Where we're not telling men how to be men, but we're saying this matters. Uh please 
please go do this. And Call then, upon him. Yeah, and then what happens in him is that he wants to. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then when he comes back and brings what he's discovered to her, mm-hmm. when he's trying things out, allowing herself to be totally transparent. So he reaches out and touches her. I always use this example. He reaches out and touches her. And when his hand lands on her, she goes, Ugh, no, Ugh. there's no words. There's, there's just a response. There's just her body speaking to him. Mm. So he doesn't take that personally. He takes in the information and goes, okay, I've done something in this moment that had her move away from me. Okay, mm. let me try this. And then he'll move towards her in a, in a new way. And now maybe the response is, ah, mm, delicious. Mm-hmm. So now he starts to see very clearly his reflection. So he can start to figure out what's required and what's necessary, what works, what doesn't work. Um, the most abusive way that a woman can be towards a man is totally unresponsive. Yeah, if you really want to hurt the man, just fold your arms and, and give him nothing. This will have him spiral mm. because he, he doesn't know how to, how to continue. He needs the feedback. He need, we need feedback so desperately. But from the feminine system, so she's got to be attuned to her own system to be able mm-hmm. to say, blech, or... Exactly. (laughs) Her work is to be embodied, is to be in her physicality, in her felt sense, and, you know, bringing it over to to the site of her process. The woman has to get to a point of understanding in herself that her only authoritarian figure is her body. She cannot hand over sovereignty to anybody or anything else because that will be unlike life for her it will be unlike love for her the only place she's safe is when she's allowing her body to lead the way which is scary and confronting and a woman starts to see how big and uh, expressive she is, how challenging she might be in certain situations in terms of her facing stuff that doesn't feel congruent. But, you know, it's not, uh, it's not all easy and smooth, but it's totally worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much. We're going to be finishing up here. I can't believe we're at the end of the hour already. Um, like I said, I could listen to you all day. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing and for teaching in the way that you do. There's there's just infinite wisdom here. I'm wondering if there's anything that's on your heart or head to share that, um, that I haven't asked or in anything that you want to specifically finish with. What I do want to finish with, and it's something I usually begin with, um, but it, it, we just went right into it this time, is that I'm not a woman. I'm a man. And I also understand that I'm sharing very certain statements on womanhood. And I just want it to be known that everything that I'm sharing is not coming just from me. It's coming from the fact that 
I've been in the room with thousands of women over the last number of years in deeply intimate experiences of them unraveling trauma and really being able to sit down and hear what she's going through and the way that she's going through it. So anything that I share in terms of the wisdom or the knowledge, again, I don't take credit for this. I'm just the messenger. This has come directly from her in the collective sense. So um, it's just very important for me to state that because, you know, once I go in, I'm quite direct in it. And uh, it's not me that it's coming from. It's, it's from the experience of the feminine. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for saying yeah. that. I, I'll speak, you know, for myself, but also I think probably for listeners when I say that the level of integrity here that you're bringing is, is very clear. So thank you for that. Thank you for all the work that you've done. And thank you for uh, the service that you are in mm. to both women and men um, in your work. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Thanks so much. To read my blog, schedule sessions, and to learn more about upcoming group offerings, head to sarahpoet.com. Tailored private mentorships are available for women who are ready to claim their voice and ignite their truth and their unique feminine frequency. I also have advanced programs in rebuilding the energetic architecture of feminine and masculine union within in your divine blueprint. I have an e-course available for couples in the foundations of conscious relating, and I also do private relationship and healing work with couples as well. You can learn more at sarahpoet.com and sign up for a consultation. There is a 77-page ebook for free for you that is on the topic of modern women waking up to feminine and masculine reclamation and reunification that is all yours if you go to sarahpoet.com and sign up for it. And I look forward to sharing that with you. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.